What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point post-show edition of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. Our week final battle just ended about 35 seconds ago or so. So I'm going to break down what happened on the card. If you missed it, review what I liked, what I didn't like, what I didn't pay any attention to, and everything else that goes along here. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, flying solo for this edition because England lost the World Cup and because Rob is busy doing the media scrum. Rob might pop up a little bit later on or something. I'm not too sure. But um, I uh, I got to preface this ahead of time by saying, if you are a huge, huge ROH fan, you might not like this review. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of things to ding this on and some positives, too. There were some really good things that happened on here. Just far more of the meh than anything else. So not only are you not going to get the biggest, most uh, enthusiastic review from me for this one you also aren't going to get that when it comes to seven o'clock already and 7 30 is when nxt deadline starts so i don't want to be doing this for a full 45 minutes half hour and kind of carrying that over into that and that's actually one of the things that i can start off by saying is this fell into exactly the same trap that every aew pay-per-view and every ring of honor pay-per-view has done where they added a bunch of matches at the last minute and I think it ended up being 12 matches in total. And I feel like there's two that you should watch and really for the most part, one that you should watch and then one that you should see the result of. And that's about it. And the rest was just something that I've said a million times by now, person versus person. Aren't you interested? And uh, when you are somebody who isn't the hardcore Ring of Honor fan base, some of these people, you don't even know who they are. And then on top of that, why would you care? You know, they don't have any television that built up a lot of the stuff. If they did try to do any of that on AEW, it was very, very minimal. And the things that they had built up ahead of time were mostly things that it was like, okay, well, we've seen them wrestle a bunch of times by now what's the hook for it? You know, why am I supposed to be interested again in this? Uh, So I'm not too high on a lot of these matches and that makes it a little bit easier for me to breeze through here. But if you want a more in-depth breakdown from anybody else or, you know, down the line, if you want to hear what Robin Callum have to say or something like that, one of the best ways to make sure that we do more of this type of content is to support us through Patreon or through the YouTube channel membership. So if you want to request that through a pick your poison tier request or something, then consider donating to the Patreon or the channel membership, signing up for that. And you uh, also have access to things like the dark cast, which we recorded in advance. And that's way more interesting of a show. I think <laughs> maybe I'm a little bit biased about that one, but uh, even a dollar a month goes a long way in helping support us. And we got super chats for anybody that is live right now. I know a couple of people are watching this or listening to this live, but no super chats going on right now, which goes to show that maybe ring of honor. Isn't the most popular, most interesting thing going on. And maybe when they were to try to get a TV deal, maybe that's not something that is going to be a high priority. Um, I'm not listening to the media scrum right now. So I don't know if Tony Khan is going to announce anything like that. So if you find out anything about that, let me know during this. And 
Also keep in mind, if you want to pick up some merchandise, Redbubble and Public have things on sale right now. So if you want to pick up a t-shirt or some stickers or something like that, that is also a great way to support us, including that little thanks button. And the non-monetary side of things, though, are the like button, the share button, the subscribe button. You know how to support a YouTube channel. If you don't buy now, you're about like 15 years too late because this has been around forever. But um yeah, we make a lot of content here, and we apparently make more content than 99% of other sports podcasts out there. So I don't know about you, but I think a dollar a month is a great way of uh, supporting that, including also the fan feedback survey, which I have up on smartcomoma.com right now. So go on over to the sidebar of the page and click on that, and you will see a little Google form that will only take about two minutes to fill out, maybe even less than that depending on what you end up actually clicking on. But that gives us some information of how you listen to the podcast and what segments that you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of, and so on and so forth. So keep that all in mind. Vote on that while you can. And at the end of the year, we're going to recap that and talk about the things that we want to change going forward in 2023. I see that Dane's in the chat right now. What's up, Dane? I don't think that you uh, checked out ROH, did you? But I hear that the Tyler Black match was much better than anything that was on this card. <laughs> Dana will laugh at that. The people that aren't here might not necessarily know what that's about. But, um, you know, Kevin Steen, far better than Kevin Owens, right? And I see that my wife is in the chat. Hello, sweetie. She's also looking adorable on the couch right now and probably getting embarrassed that I'm talking about her. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, Jeff Cobb beat Mascara Dorada, Mascara Dorada. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, there's some kind of an accent to it that I'm not saying. I'm sure I'm painfully white. Mascara Dorada. Uh, it's Grand Metalik <laughs> for anybody who knows from WWE. Whereas they used to announce some Grand Metalik, which was much better. Uh, that match was not announced ahead of time. And that was one of those things that wasn't even announced when I went to bed last night. So that's one of those annoying kind of okay i'll spend the first 20 minutes of this pay-per-view adding more matches to there and trying to type that out everywhere which means that i missed the entirety of this match because i was too busy typing out jeff cobb versus mascara dorada and this match and this match and that match on five different things so it could have been good it might not have been i don't know i like jeff cobb i'm glad that he won so that's something then we had Angela Parker and Matt Menard of the Jericho Appreciation Society against the Shinobi Shadow Squad, is what they're calling themselves. Cheeseburger and Eli Isom. And I spent the majority of this match still typing some of those things out. But on top of that, I uh, spent a good portion of it trying to figure out some different finisher moves that Cheeseburger should have for his uh, uh, finisher names based off of Cheeseburgers. Um, my wife's suggestion was The Works which I think would be fantastic for that. But according to what I'm finding online, he doesn't have any moves that have anything to do with cheeseburgers. Is that correct? If that is true, what the hell are you missing this opportunity for? Like the, this guy should have, you know, hit him with the big Mac and he should have all, you know, the, the special sauce should be <laughs> sure. Something maybe that's a finisher, a different kind. I don't know, but uh, Parker and Menard have a good theme song. That's something. <laughs> I don't know if that's something you really necessarily care about, but I like that little 80s feel. I'm going to have to download that. I see Ronnie Southern is in the chat here. Saw your link in EWN. Thought I'd follow it here and watch for a bit. Thanks for popping up, Ronnie. Hope you enjoy this. 
Tell us what you think about uh, ROH. Were you watching it live? Were you checking it out just uh, by proxy? Um, let us know. So Parker and Menard actually had a couple different things that they did on this show. They popped up two more times around the night. We'll get to that in a minute. Willow Nightingale then beat Trisha Dora, who I don't know almost anything about. And I honestly am not super impressed with what I had seen of Trisha Dora. Willow Nightingale seems to be very much in a push that I could see her potentially being the one that wins the ROH Women's Championship down the line. Maybe beats the new champion. I don't know. So Willow Nightingale's pretty decent. Dora, I, I, I kind of pass on what I had seen from Trisha Dora, but... Nevertheless, Willow gets the win. That's a positive in that. And then we had Top Flight against the Kingdom. Is the Kingdom supposed to be a heel faction? Because if they are, they definitely just kind of ignored that at the end here. Maria was thrown out from ringside. And that, of course, seems more like a heel thing to do. But by the end of this, Top Flight gets the win. And Matt Taven and Mike Bennett just give them a handshake and celebrate with them. Like, you know, the code of honor thing, something that I'm not quite used to. So if that is something that they typically do, even if you are a heel, let me know if not, then maybe they just forgot for a minute and decided to shake their hands. But I was surprised about that. I thought that the kingdom would win and uh, the match was all right. You know, it's something that I would say for a lot of things here, which is it was a match and it was kind of fine but I didn't feel like I needed to see it. And I thought it wasted a little bit of time that, you know, for a show that's going to be crammed in between another pay-per-view and all like, eh, I don't know if there's really too much that I really want to talk about when it comes to that. I was following along in the EWN link, forgot about my other link. Couldn't have followed it from the start to finish anyway. Mm, yeah. Um, first match of the main card was AR Fox and Blake Christian against the team of Roosh and Drillistico. Never heard of Drillistico beforehand, but he is part of this faction that um, Andrade is the head of. That is by proxy of the uh, Andrade family office, which is awful and needs to go away. So this was another match that had not been announced ahead of time. It was just added on there and it took like 20 minutes or so. And I feel like that went on a little bit too long, but it was fine. Again, there's not much to talk about. You're going to hear me say that about a bunch of things, but I think the only thing to talk about in this was the match might have ended in the wrong spot. Uh, AR Fox hit like a 450 splash or so on Drillistico, and Drillistico was kicking out, but the referee went ahead, counted three, and there was some shock on everybody's faces, and the crowd started to chant, you fucked up. So I'm assuming that that wasn't supposed to be the end of it, but nevertheless, Fox and Christian got the win and then got beaten down afterward. Roosh and Drillistico lose, but they, you know, quote unquote, look strong by beating up the team afterward. Completely unnecessary to be out on this card. And I think that this is just Tony Khan feeling like he needs to incorporate as many people as possible to just get people talking and to kind of boost up that $40 price tag that he has for this card. But I also just kind of go, well, maybe don't charge $40, maybe make it a little bit less. So it's not a four hour show and charge 20 bucks or something. Cause this match doesn't matter. There's nothing on the line. If you missed it, you didn't miss a damn thing. Now the ROH women's world championship actually does matter. Cause it's for a title. And we had a new champion, Athena winning the title here over Mercedes Martinez. And I didn't know ahead of time that i mean i i knew ahead of time but i didn't I completely forgot about it as well 
that Athena was from Texas and that this was happening in Texas. So they twice air a promo that is revolving around the idea of the fans booed me. And that's why I started to become a bitch character. And then as soon as she comes out, she gets a huge pop and the commentators go, well, everybody in arena really wants her to win tonight, which kind of defeats the purpose of that. But they definitely booed Martinez throughout the whole thing. Code of honor ended up happening beforehand. So they kind of kept that whole, maybe I guess it is. If you are healed, it doesn't really matter. You still do it anyway. And uh, Athena ends up winning this by ripping off one of the turnbuckle pads and drop kicking Martinez into the back of that or the back of her head, I should say hit the exposed part and she gets our finisher for the win. Decent enough match. I'm glad we got a new champion and I think that that's the right call. So thumbs up on that segment, but not something that you need to go back and check out. I think if you missed it, you already know who won. That's the most important thing. The match itself, eh, you could skip. You could entirely skip Swerve in Our Glory against Shane Taylor Promotions because this was pretty much pointless. Swerve in Our Glory wins. And this is my big criticism when it comes to this is they were talking about, oh, you know, they have such big history between each other, uh, Shane Taylor and Keith Lee. You know, Keith Lee was a part of his group back before Keith Lee signed elsewhere. And I'm thinking, so I'm supposed to know, apologies for the sirens, everybody. So I'm supposed to know what these two had as like a tag team situation going in before Keith Lee signed to NXT. So we're talking like four, maybe like five years ago or so, whenever that was, that's your setup is do the homework and watch the program from four years ago. I think that if you are running the ship in AEW and ring of honor, and you are trying to get people interested in these things, you have to take in mind, not everybody is somebody who's been following ring of honor and you are, I mean, look at it this way too. If you are just appealing to the Ring of Honor hardcore fans, Ring of Honor died as a promotion because they didn't have enough fans. If your whole idea is, well, you know, we'll get all them back and then we'll be fine. You're not going to be fine. You're not going to end up having the ratings that even AEW has. But at least if you can piggyback off the AEW fan base and bring some of them in, you might balance out to maybe two quarters, uh, two thirds or so of the AEW audience, but you're not going to do well with that. If you don't tell them what's going on, because I don't remember them advertising this at all with any kind of explanation of what this Keith Lee and Shane Taylor feud was going to be. So I went into this with Keith Lee as teaming up with his tag team member had that he shouldn't be a tag team with because they keep fighting with each other against two guys so, of course, I didn't care. And then by the end of the match, I still didn't care because we're in our glory one. And why aren't they just splitting up yet? <laughs> Skip it. You didn't miss anything. Now, the following match after that was the world six man tag team championship match, which definitely shouldn't have gone as long as it did either. Dalton Castle and the boys should have gotten their asses kicked in a squash from the embassy because Brian Cage is better or bigger than the two boys put together. And. Toa Leona is bigger than even Brian Cage. So it you got people that are vastly more intimidating and threatening looking. Dalton Castle is not really doing it for me. I, I'm not digging the promo stuff that he's got. He sounds kind of like he's doing an impression of Chucky in my mind. So I was kind of hoping that this would just end with a quick squash. It went on probably about like 10 minutes or so. 
totally didn't need to be. And you got new tag team champions, though. Or new six-man tag team champions, I should say. Embassy wins, as they should. Shouldn't have been as competitive. The segment after that was Top Flight being interviewed by Lexi Nair. And Matt Menard and Angela Parker interrupted. That led to a brawl. And Parker then got a microphone and said, If Ring of Honor was so great, why did it die in the first place? Which is funny enough to say. Touted that Chris Jericho is the only man that could resurrect it. And Matt Menard asked the crowd, do you want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? And he pulled out a purple hat and said that Claudio would not only lose the match later on, but when he would be a part of Jericho Appreciation Society, they would tag him up with Jake Hager, call themselves the hat trick. And uh, (laughs) I'm kind of disappointed that that didn't necessarily happen. But uh, he also said that Daniel Garcia was going to beat Wheeler Yuta and Yuta, Yuta came out. They walked off. The opposite happened. Daniel Garcia lost the ROH Pure Championship to Wheeler Yuta by referee stoppage. They ended up having a match where Yuta lost all of his rope breaks and Garcia didn't lose any of his. But by the end of it, Yuta had just a constant barrage of elbows and the referee called it. Garcia had a little bit of respect afterward where he gave the title to Yuta and the way that he did it was kind of just like, all right, well, here's your belt. You beat me and I'm going to storm off, but you know, it's better than nothing. He could have just avoided doing anything like that. Trent seven was ringside and the, uh, I'm assuming potential future for him would be possibly getting signed by ROH. I don't think he's going to be a part of AEW. And I think that maybe NXT Europe might end up grabbing him, but they haven't said when that's going to start yet. So if I were Trent Seven and I were being told, hold on and wait, we're going to sign you for NXT Europe, and the best that you could hope for is maybe that you would end up being in the same position you were in NXT UK, I don't know. If I were him, I think I might potentially sign with Ring of Honor if Tony Khan offered me a good enough deal. Something to keep in mind for the future. Christopher Daniels, BJ Whitmer, and Jerry Lynn were the three referees or judges for this match, I should say, but they didn't really end up factoring in, so nothing that's... uh going on there but this match was one of those matches that i thought hey if i hadn't seen the previous three times that they fought maybe i would end up really enjoying this but i'm not a huge fan of pure championship rules as it is and the fact that we had seen this before made me just think you got to give me something more or i'm gonna lose my attention for it and since they didn't do anything at all that made me feel like it was something that i hadn't seen i stopped paying attention to it as much and I don't know if I really necessarily think that Yuta should win the title back or Garcia was better off, but this is something you're going to hear from me for the main event as well. It sort of feels like this event was just kind of hitting the reset button a little bit and kind of makes me wonder why the last set of title changes happened and why you, I mean, I'm not a big fan of somebody winning a title and then losing it to the person that they beat. Typically speaking, I only want that to happen like one out of every five times that it does happen maybe even less than that maybe like one out of every 10 so i would have been more into the idea that we had pitched ahead of time of garcia turns on jericho and it's title for title and it's you know pure championship either gets merged and unified with the world title or he just moves on and you know feuds with somebody else but having garcia beat yuda just so yuda could win it back meh 
And I'll just go ahead and say right now, I mean, I'll skip to the end. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli beats Chris Jericho and wins the title back there. So it's kind of the same exact thing. Jericho wins the ROH title so that he can lose it back to the guy that he beat. I don't know. Uh, to me, I would have rather had Jericho retain that. I think I'd rather have Garcia retain. So I will say for the main event, though, I thought that it was funny how it ended. It didn't end with a pinfall or a proper submission. It ended with a submission where Claudio was just spinning Jericho around. And he reached, I think they said, 33 times that he had done that. So Jericho just taps out to the Cesaro swing or the Claudio swing. Are they calling it that now? I don't know. The Swiss swing, whatever they're calling the thing is. You know what it it is. So that's a fun way to end that and a fun way to end the pay-per-view. But nothing compares on this pay-per-view to the double dog collar match. That was easily, easily the best part of this by leaps and bounds. You can take everything else, including the other title changes combined and the finish of the main event. And you just mix them all in the same package. And it's still not as good as the double dog collar match. Briscoes and FTR beat the shit out of each other. Blood from pretty much the start of it. And this is the one and only match that I would actually recommend anybody to go back and check out. If you missed it, watch it on whatever it is. I I don't think it's worth $40 for you to pay for the pay-per-view necessarily. But I think that if you can watch when somebody uploads it to YouTube or something, you know, I can't technically advocate for piracy when it comes to those things, but yeah, maybe you can find a way. (laughs) There's a certain channel that you can watch wrestling hint, hint on, on the, the internet that you can find. And I do recommend checking it out. Briscoes end up winning the title. Harwood passes out to kind of like an STF of sorts with the chain involved and just really a hell of a match. So um, major, major thumbs up on that one. The gun club attacked FTR after the match. They grabbed a microphone and Austin Gunn said that the FTR legacy is dying and that they are going to be the ones that kill it and they won't stop until they do. And the Briscoes ran them off. And then Harwood said something on the mic, but it didn't really pick up the majority of it. So I don't know exactly what he said, but I'm pretty sure what message he was getting across was to tell the gun club, our mission is to beat your ass going forward. Maybe that's not what he said. I don't really know. Uh, Dane's asking in the chat, how long until FTR is back in WWE? I think they're going to end up being back in WWE by the end of 2023. Their deal comes up, I think in April of 2023 and losing the ROH tag titles. And potentially they're going to lose the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles on wrestle kingdom in January 4th. I think is when that is. If they lose those two belts, they'll only have the triple A tag team titles left and over the course of the next few months following 2023's contract situation you might not see them pop up too many other places they might just take some time off they might just wrestle in the indies they're seemingly tight with cm punk and the punk situation i'm sure is kind of problematic (laughs) with aew and with the young bucks being you know the elite and being in charge and all There's probably some issues there. I don't know for sure. I'm just kind of speculating, but they didn't necessarily seem like they might have been the best of friends with Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson prior to even signing with AEW. So I am assuming that they're going to come back. Um, Triple H, of course, 
was a big fan of the revival. You could tell that. So he'll probably try to figure out a way to bring him back in there. So far, those I'm reading uh, Ronnie's thing right now for anybody who's on the audio only version. So far, those that have returned to WWE that were in other promotions sans money are no better off than they were. Most of them. Yeah, kind of. A lot of the people that were in WWE and then went elsewhere, then came back. Not many of them have really been taking too much of a step up. We can't really count Cody because he didn't even get an opportunity to. But Johnny Gargano's in, he's in a decent enough spot. He could be potentially Intercontinental Champion by next year. And um, yeah, I think it's better than necessarily just doing the same thing in AEW. You might make more money, like you said. Or you might just like the idea of being in WWE, too. There's, I'm sure some people that just want to make sure that they cross off wrestling at WrestleMania on their bucket list still think that Nick Aldis is going to be one of those. But by the end of the Royal Rumble, I think we'll know if that's the case. <laughs> so uh, the dog collar match definitely one to check out. I think you can kind of skip the World Television Championship match, too, to be honest. The best part of it, I think, was when I noticed the a sign in the crowd that said the Wi-Fi and nachos suck. It was fine. Uh, Juice Robinson failed to win the title. Samoa Joe just beats him by pinfall with a muscle buster. Nothing with Wardlow, so they didn't push that storyline going forward anymore, which means Joe fought a guy that people should know from other promotions for the sake of fighting a guy. And, I mean, how much more do you say other than that? Was the match good? Yeah, it was good. But do you need to see it? No. And was there a story? No. And is there a feud going in out of this? No. Did it do anything with the word low feud? No. <laughs> so what do you sink your teeth into? A couple of moves happened, and then the champion retained. He's still the king of television or whatever you want to refer to him as. And then that's it, you know, especially because I talked about the main event already. There's your full Ring of Honor final battle, the end of the year pay-per-view for this ROH and AEW uh, combo. Not something that I feel anybody should really necessarily spend 40 bucks for unless you are a huge, huge, just pure pro wrestling fan. If you're the type of person who is just like, I can't get enough in-ring action, this is for you. And then you'll probably enjoy it a lot more than I did. But I am somebody who likes to feel like there's actually some story going into it and something that I can kind of have a little bit more excitement and build to. And this isn't it, especially when half the matches just get announced last night or this morning or whatever. And they just go this person against that person and that person against that person and that person against that person. Aren't you interested? And I go, who the fuck is that? <laughs> so they show like a Tony Deppin in the crowd and they're like, Tony Deppin's here. And I'm like, uh, Okay. What are crispy boys? Why does the shirt say crispy boys? Anybody know? <laughs> Did we do recaps on each pay-per-view? Every WWE pay-per-view, every AEW pay-per-view, and at least so far, all these Ring of Honor ones. I don't know if I'm going to continue to do Ring of Honor ones going forward, but maybe. Um, we don't do Impact. I don't watch any Impact. And we only do anything based off of New Japan if I get an opportunity. So January 4th, I might do something based off of wrestle kingdom, but they start at like three in the morning or so. So usually I end up just going to bed instead, but we might do something based off of that. I'm not positive, but definitely check out what we've got going from smart moment because we do as much as we possibly can each and every week. 
And we are going to be doing another one of these at the end of the night here with NXT deadline, which is about to start the pre-show in about four minutes. So I'm glad that I'm uh, able to get this in in time. So stay tuned for the link for that will be up and everything else will be up on smartcomoma.com. And if you subscribe and ring that little notification bell, you'll know when we go live for that, but it'll be pretty much just as soon as the pay-per-view ends and stay tuned as well, everybody for next week, where we're going to be finishing up our mock draft of the survivor series teams. We already did the draft and now we have our pay-per-view cards to present you with. We did that already in advance. So I know that that's coming out Wednesday afternoon and we're going to be recording our AEW and WWE end of the year awards coming up this next week. And that'll be popping up on the YouTube channel towards the end of the month throughout the 20 something, whatever is when I'm going to post one and then, you know, very end of the month for the other one. So if you want to make sure that you are following all that stuff, go to smartoutmoment.com, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at smartoutmoment, and be sure to check out all the other things that are happening out there under a mango tree by going to amangotree.com or anthonymango.com or linktree, linktree.e, the way that that is, slash anthonymango. And you'll see links to my personal accounts at Tony Mango and also fanboysanonymous.com, which is all my geek culture stuff like my movie reviews and whatever I decide to do based off of typing out my thoughts on Pokemon Violet and all. You'll find that all over there. So show some love over to Blue Brand and make sure that you are staying tuned. Thank you for joining us for the ROH Final Battle Pay-Per-View Point post show. And I hope you tune us in to the NXT deadline one coming up in a couple hours. But adios for now, everybody. This has been another Smart Out moment. And I'm being counted out. Oh!